Welcome into every given Sunday fantasy football podcast. We're back again for you guys with our final rankings of the year. Before you guys get into your drafts, we'll have our RBs one through twelve today. Um, yeah, this should be a really good one. This is one we're all excited about. Um, here we're Brandon Harewood, Michael Tilly. How you guys doing? As always, I'm doing great. Like you said, I think this is the most anticipated rankings and the ones that will honestly win you a championship. Yes, sir, man. I'm feeling real good today. Last rankings episode of the off season. It's been a long ride, but yeah, it's gonna be an exciting one. Everybody having a everybody having a everybody had a good weekend? Splendid. Yeah, I've had a good weekend. Had a good self care Sunday. Ready to get this this episode going. So let's do it. Self care, huh? Ready for me, yes, to, for me to roast you. It's not much news, or it is a lot of news going around the league, but we prefer to kind of get into the rankings today. So not really gonna discuss a lot of news. Um we'll kind of get into that more so next episode for you guys. Coming in number 12 is Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. And we did have Taylor ranked higher, but for obvious reasons, for those who keep up avidly with fantasy football or just football in general, Carson Wentz is projected to be out five to 12 weeks. And it's just such a coincidence. Quentin Nelson got the same exact injury. <laughs> He's out five to 12 weeks. So that's not, I hate, I hate the five to 12 weeks thing. Like that could be five weeks. It could be eight weeks, could be 12 weeks. So not really sure where that stands, but, um, yeah, Taylor was a guy that I'm, I'll admit I probably was the highest on. But nah, I definitely, you can say it. You were part of the Taylor fan club, a little fanboy over yes, there. I, I'm part of the Jonathan Taylor fan club. He's an amazing running back. I will say that. I don't care about Marlon Mack. I don't care how ugly he is back there. Naheem Hines will get his work. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of worries me that you lost literally. Maybe this is an opinion, but I don't know. Quentin Nelson is the best offensive lineman in the NFL. So that kind of hurts when you're not running behind that anymore. So I guess we'll just kind of see how Taylor comes out in the beginning of the season. But I think his redraft stock definitely went down a little bit. Not so much in Dynasty, but in redraft, like you definitely have to take a step back and kind of realize where you're drafting him at now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, um, the injury obviously hurts his offensive lineman and his starting quarterback. But, you know, I've Joe will agree with this. I've never been the highest on Taylor just because of the honestly they have they're probably the deepest backfield in the NFL if you look at it um what any of those three guys can get it done when you put them in um if you look at Naeem Hines he's the pass catching back out of the backfield um last year he proved in one week that he could be the guy for a team one day um he scored I think it was probably it was over 20 fantasy points but that was his only big week um, with that injury to the offensive lineman and Carson Wentz. It just scares me because, you know, without Carson Wentz, you can honestly pack the box and test your luck on hoping the quarterback is the one that's going to beat you and not Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting situation going on in Indianapolis right now. But yeah, like Joe said, I mean, Jonathan Taylor had an insane finish to the season last year. I mean, from week 13 through the rest of the season, he was the number one running back. Um, and from week one to week 12, he was the number 17 running back, which is another staff like is really important. So he went from averaging about 11 points per game to 25 points per game down that final stretch. But that was when he got the lead role. So um, I feel like it's important to mention that he did have a crazy, easy schedule down the stretch. And he was a top – he did have a top 3 old line last year. But um, that could have made things easier. But 
when you look at the film, he does have crazy talent, and he's just a powerful running back who has a nose for the end zone. Um, he also has an encouraging schedule this season. The Colts have the ninth easiest schedule in the league, so he definitely has the opportunity to have another great season. Um, they will be getting Marlon Mack back, like Joe said. Um, he was the former starting running back for the Colts, but he will be coming off an Achilles injury this year, so it's not certain that he'll be back to his past self. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor, you know, he has the opportunity to have a really big season. I'm excited for it. Um, they did lose their quarterback and offensive lineman. Um, and whoever they put in, they'll be a first-time starter unless they pick up somebody else. So that'll also be interesting to see if they do go out and get somebody else. But yeah, Taylor should have a great season this year. Yeah, one more thing. We talk about handcuffs. Do y'all feel that uh, Marlon Mack is one of those handcuffs you need to take um, just because – of the, I mean, obviously, we don't want to wish anyone getting hurt or think about anyone getting hurt, but realistically, it is a question when it comes to fantasy football. Do you need to hold Marlon Mack if you do have Jonathan Taylor? Um, in my opinion, no. I feel like if I was trying to get somebody else in that backfield, I'd probably go out and get Naheem Hines. I mean, they're back up the past couple of years has been like Jordan Wilkins or somebody like that. I mean, you didn't really want Jordan Wilkins or anything last year. Um, you want that pass catching guy in the uh, backfield. So I'd probably go and get Naheem Hines. I'm on the Marlon Mack side just because I just don't think the Colts view Naheem Hines as a three-down back. Like, I'm not saying Marlon Mack is a three-down back. I don't think – Taylor is more of a three-down back compared to Marlon Mack, but I just feel like Marlon Mack, like, behind that line and with Carson Wentz, even when he comes back, they're probably – even if he was healthy to me, they're always – they're definitely going to try to be run first and, you know, like – I'm not going to say be conservative, but try to just, you know – win their game with great defenses and making sure they run the ball behind a great offensive line. So I just feel like Mac has more upside, I guess. Like, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. To me, quick, 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 quick question. How many, how many carries do you think Marlon Mack going to get per game? He's going to get I eight mean, carries. I about to say, any, to, for, I about to say for me, anywhere between seven to 10. It's not good. But yeah. like, I look at him as like a touchdown. Up, I look up, at Naeem Hines having his own role. You know what but I mean? Hold up. I'm like, saying like, I get what you're saying, but if Jonathan Taylor, does some chance like suffer a major injury okay those eight, yeah those eight to ten goes to 15 18 that's true I, yeah i got one more question about taylor and then obviously we can move on frank reich actually said that jonathan taylor will be a bit more of a bell cow but we're still gonna spread it around any thoughts on that <laughs> this is why i hate coaches i don't know man i don't know what that means what does that mean at all? Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, R-R-B-B-C. Yeah, real R-B-B-C. Um, I mean, my last point in that situation is last year, especially in PPR leagues, I would go out and get nine months. I mean, finished as number 15 last year. And I feel like that's in his own role. I feel like Marlon Mack can still get his work, but nine months will still be using that, like, third down role. So, I feel I like mean, I'm one of the few people. I had to throw a dart. No, that's, and that's definitely not a problem at all. Like throwing that dark because Hines has does have great upside by chance. Taylor does get hurt, but like I just feel like I was look. I'm looking at all the stats from last year. Every time I look at them, I'm like, I scratch my head and I'm just like, a lot of these seasons right here like wouldn't have been anywhere as good as they were like in previous seasons. I can't explain it like completely, but if you look at the stats, like it's yeah. like. It was a lot of guys hurt last year. Like we didn't have McCaffrey, Naheem, we didn't have Barkley. Naheem Hines had like a he had a good year, but yeah. there wasn't a top fifteen running back or top twenty running back type of year in any other year. Like that's what I'm saying. That's true. 
Um, so next we're gonna go ahead into a a podcast favorite. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna let these guys start off and whatever they want to say. Um, yeah, we're all huge on J.K. Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I don't want to be biased because I'm a Ravens fan, so I'm gonna let these guys talk a little bit and uh, yeah, just let you know how they feel about them or where you go. Um, I'll just let Brandon start off because Brandon's Brandon loves Dobbins more than anybody. So. And it's funny him saying that because I am a Steelers fan, so I guess I'll give y'all the Steelers' point of view. But yeah, I'm a Steelers fan, but J.K. Dobbins is honestly probably the running back I'm most excited about this year. Um, the reason I love him so much is because of the offense he's playing in. I mean, he's in Baltimore. He, they've been the most dominant rushing team in the league over the last three years. Um, they led the league in rushing yards 2020 and 2019 and came in second in 2018. I feel like that's not really going to change as long as Lamar Jackson's on the center. But I feel like most people are scared to fully commit to J.K. Dobbins as their RB1 because they feel as though Lamar will take away rushing attempts um, from their running back, which he will. He'll definitely take away attempts and touchdowns, but he really turns the offense into a cheat code, in my opinion, where it makes things just so easy for Baltimore running backs by opening up so many rushing lanes. And linebackers never really know which way to flow to the ball because they do run that read option. Um, but Baltimore has led the league in yards per carry also for the last two yard, I mean two years. Um, they averaged 5.6 yards per carry in both years. But what's even more encouraging is that last in the last three games of last season, their yards per carry average was at 6.5. So like and it's not, I don't feel like that's a coincidence um, just for the fact that that's around the time where J.K. Dobbins actually took the lead role. But, um, yeah, he was held back a lot last year because he was playing behind Mark Ingram. He averaged nine carries per game, and he still finished 21st in half-point PPR leagues, which is kind of crazy. Um, but if the Ravens come out anywhere similar to what they did in 2019 and J.K.'s carries per game get somewhere in the 14 to 18 category, which is honestly not even asking for a lot, I honestly believe that J.K., we'll have the chance to even finish in the top 10 as long as he's able to uh, put up those touchdowns and those rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm a Steelers fan too, and I'm really excited to see what J.K. does this year. Um, my, It's kind of like a sticky situation, in my opinion, um, on a couple fronts, just because uh, I don't think that he's the biggest red zone threat running the ball for the team. I think that Lamar is the red zone threat running. If you look at the stats inside the 20 last year, Lamar actually led the Ravens with 30 carries where JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards both had 25. And if you actually go inside the 10, Gus Edwards had seven out carried JK Dobbins with 17, where he only had 13. Um, that's the only concern for me. I don't think, that it's um, a big enough concern for you not to pick him where we're telling you to. But I do think that if he does get a couple touchdowns stolen away from him in the red zone, it could significantly hurt him. But I think that's where why we have him where we have him because of that potential issue. Um, like the next guy we talk about, we know that he's not going to get the ball taken away from him in the red zone to score a rushing touchdown. Um, let's just be honest. But do you, like, do you, So do you think that like in terms of the Gus outrushing him, like in the goal line circumstances, do you think that's just because – I'm going to speak for myself, but I'm asking you. I think that's just because he was a rookie. But do you agree? Like, do you think it's just because he was a rookie? And no, I do think – I think he's a rookie, but it still concerns me because I know they were even, but are they going to take 15 away from Gus in the red zone and give all 15 to J.K. Dobbins? I mean, that's just my thing. It's like I know that obviously he's their number one back, but like you, like we said before the call, that Lamar pull and running into the end zone is going to hurt him too. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it, it's funny that you point out that stat that Gus actually did get more red zone work than him, but J.K. had more touchdowns than him. So I just feel like J.K. is just a much more efficient runner. He'll be able to find the end zone. I feel like he has better vision. I feel like Gus is more of just a power guy. He also has great vision as well, but J.K. is just special in my opinion. So even though he may get some goal line work, I feel like J.K. is most definitely going to surpass him in touchdowns this year. J.K. just – Gus doesn't have that big playability. Like, J.K. can go for 80 yards at any time. Like, it just – it really is possible. So, I mean, that's just kind of why I value him more. The only thing I'd like to see more is that the Ravens try to get him a little more involved in the pass game. Like, even if you can get the 20 to 25 catches, that actually would make a huge difference compared to what you think it would make. 25 catches is not a lot, but it would actually make a huge difference if he could just get, like, around those. What's the ceiling? You're saying the absolute – rank that he could absolute finish highest rank because i mean we have him in the i mean where he's pretty borderline top 10 so i mean i mean i could see him finishing i could see him finishing um probably I think, yeah i think seven i was about me. to say rb8 i don't see him high. finishing higher than mccaffrey dalvin cook henry kamara i don't see him finishing higher than chubb you rather have jk or saquon that's a discussion we'll give have me jk give me jk We'll have this right discussion now. in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and it's a little surprising, or not surprising, that we have a back-to-back Ravens and Steelers running backs, running back-to-back in our rankings. Um, at number 10, we'll have Najee Harris, the highly touted rookie out of Alabama that's played for the Pittsburgh Steelers now. Um, he looked he looked solid in his preseason game, but I, it definitely – I try not to look too much to the preseason games because they're preseason, but – the Steelers had their starters in for like a whole quarter. It was it was concerning to me in a sense, like I'm looking at the line and I'm like, okay, like he's gonna be able to make a lot happen himself. There were some runs where the line blocked fine, and some where I'm like, uh, I might can see where the downfall is here. That should that might just be me though. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, watching him in college and in the NFL, there's one thing that when he runs, he runs the ball hard. Like you can't deny it. That man is he's getting the extra yards like it's going to take a couple guys to pull him back um i think you know we're high on him because of his skill set and what we saw in college from him the steelers didn't draft him in the first round and not use him they've come out and said he's the three down back i think that if the steelers get up in games like i'm hoping they do um he'll be a real workhorse he'll get a lot of touches i do think he'll be involved in the passing game more um I think if you watch any Alabama games last year, he he can also make people miss in the open field when he ca- after he catches the ball. So I think where we have him is a good spot. Um, obviously, like a, the O line's a question for the Steelers, which concerns me in the red zone a little. But I think fighting for that extra one to two yards, he's going to find the end zone a couple more times than say James Conner would if he was stealing the Steelers. Yeah, I was so excited just as a Steelers fan when the Steelers finally made that pick. Like we had been begging for a running back the whole all season and. We were, we were hyping up that Najee pick. I didn't know if they're actually going to do it, and they actually did. And, you know, I'm excited for him. I will say, though, it was hard to rank him this season, obviously, because he's a rookie, and he has not yet established an NFL resume. Um, but coming out of college, Najee was the top ranked back in the out of college. Um, the first thing that honestly stands out to me is his size and athletic ability for his size. Um, he's 6'2", 229. And just to give you guys some context, uh, Derrick Henry is 6'3", 238. I mean, 10 pounds off, just an inch shorter. Um, but what also makes him so special is that he is a three-down back who can basically do it all. 
Um, he can power through the line on the goal line. He has the speed to outrun defenders. He ran a 4-4, and he also has the hands and route running ability to be a threat in the receiving game. So the most concerning thing it, uh, to me, honestly, similar to what Tilly said, um, the Steelers have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. I mean, they did hire a new offensive line coach, a new OC this season, which should add some creativity and a new identity to the line. But the hopes is that Najee uh, receives an amount of volume in the receiving game, and his natural talent will help him overcome the struggles of the offensive line, kind of like what Saquon Barkley had to do in his rookie year when he played New York. Um, and it's not its not like the Steelers' offense is trash by any means. I mean, they have a lot of talent all over the field who definitely alleviate some of the pressures when he gets in the NFL, but he'll definitely have to make some plays for himself this year. Taking out Harris or Jonathan Taylor? I'll probably not I want to keep Jonathan asking the Taylor. Taylor question because now we're at the Jonathan point Taylor. Where you, where you're at the <laughs> point where you just have to ask, where you taking majority of these guys over Taylor? I'll probably go Jonathan Taylor. Where we have these guys ranked, you can get both of them. We're going to go ahead and get into our number nine. Yeah, this is one that's really confusing. I, I'm, I, I really don't know where we all stand. We all have a hard time with this one, and that'll be Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. I'm not gonna take long. I, I, I just don't know. Like, I really don't know what where I'm at with him, or if I take him in the first round, or if I don't take him in the first round. I'm gonna say this. I don't think any of us in here are taking him in the first round. Are y'all? I mean, with my no. pick, no. But I still want it if I was even deeper. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if you have like the nine ten turn, I would be willing to take Saquon because I know I can get like. like... <laughs> that means you're if you take him at the nine if you take him at the nine ten with ten, that means you're waiting till it gets back to you to draft your RB one for the year. If you take a wide receiver or a Kelsey at the first round pick, I'm saying if you take him at the ten, if you're in the ten man league and you take him at the ten or the twelve and you're in a twelve man league, what other position did you draft? Let's say who you who double, did you draft? Say, okay, let's say you go double RB. So, okay, so you go okay. Najee and Saquon. You can probably and get better he, Najee at 10. No, I'm not going to be back-to-back picks. I'm not going to be ignorant. I'm not, I'm, if he's sitting there as my RB2, I'm, 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 I'm all in. Like, lock me in. Like, no, I'm, I agree. Like I mean, it just makes it hard because you're drafting someone that's going to be out the first three weeks pretty much. And, I mean, obviously, we're, these are for end-of-season rankings, so we're not assuming he's going to be out any longer, but – the uncer- the amount of uncertainty coming out of the Giants camp. I mean, Joe Judge is making them run sprints like it's college football or something because they can't get into freaking fights during practice. Where? <laughs> oh god! Yeah, um, you, yeah, you didn't so, hear about that, Brandon? Yeah, Brandon I, don't know I didn't hear that. that. Yeah, <laughs> Dan, Dan, Danny Dimes was at the bottom of the pile. Oh yeah, I, heard, I, no, I actually did see that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, heard Danny I, Dimes I, was scrapping. I, I don't know what was going on at Giants camp. <laughs> Respectfully, I don't think anybody cares about Giants camp, but I mean, if you do, I'm sorry. I mean, respect. He's obviously the workhorse when he's healthy, so that it doesn't take anything. Like he's obviously the workhorse. That's not. That's not. That's not the question. It's just coming off the ACL injury. Everybody's not the same. Like those first couple of weeks. Okay, let's say he returns week two. I feel like he won't be himself really if he if everything's fine. He's healthy. He's on track. He won't be himself to about at least week five or six before we start seeing the Saquon that we're used to seeing. I also feel like it's fair to mention that I, I was taking a look at the offensive line projections going into this season. The Giants were at the bottom. How's that? Did you guys know that? And how's that? Yeah, yeah. I think they were ranked like 29th to 30th. Has the O-line ever 30th. been good, though? Like when Saquon had that great fantasy year, was the O-line even good, though? Like, no. No, but the thing was, 
Eli Manning was the quarterback towards the end of his I game. was about to say the same thing. He I know how I feel about Danny. Downs. If you watch that first, if you watch those games, like if you go back and you do want to look at the highlights from Saquon's rookie year, look at that first game against the Cowboys. He had a crazy amount of receptions. Like the dump downs were insane to make him really valuable for you. You taking you taking Travis Kelsey or Saquon if you have the nine pick or the ten? Yeah, that's a good question. It's like Joe, going back to what you were saying, would you go running back Kelsey or would you go running back Saquon? My thing is like I'm taking a running back and Kelsey if I have the ten pick because like obviously you're losing Saquon with the chance of him being amazing like he has been, but you're also getting the upside of Travis Kelsey who is a wide receiver one. Like I was about to say, it's not it's not a debate for me. If you were just asking in the first round, I'm taking Kelsey every time. If I had to take two between him and Barkley, it's not, it's not even close. Like, So is Saquon falling around two, in your opinion? If you say say it was up to you, is he falling around like, to round two? Yes. So in our 10-man, I have the eighth pick. I'll be completely comfortable if I took Zeke, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb. I'll be completely comfortable taking Saquon if I had the third pick in the second round. I, I would definitely be okay. I, I'm okay with the repercussions that come with that. I, Brain is not too far from me, so I don't know how he feels if Saquon somehow. And I just can't see that happening. That's, that's not yeah, the way, yeah, the way I look at it, I mean, if I pick a running back first round, I'm at the. Uh, I'm just give you guys some context. I'm at the six pick. If it comes back to me and say I picked like a Zeke at number six, um, I might go with the Antonio Gibson honestly over Saquon. Hey, if it comes back to me, it's over for y'all. Yeah, you can have. That's him. all I'm saying. <laughs> Saquon gets back to you. Our whole league needs to be fired. I'm going, Henry, Henry. I'm going okay. Henry, Henry, Saquon, and then JK. You're done. <laughs> oh, gosh. One, okay, one question then. And make it quick. I don't need a reasoning. Keep one, trade one, cut one. Eckler, Barkley, and Najee Harris. Um, keep Eckler, trade. Fantasy perspective? Um, yes. You're talking yes. about real life. <laughs> Fantasy. Keep keep trade, cut one. Keep Eckler, trade um. Harris and cut Saquon. I think I'm keeping like this year I'm keeping Eckler, but in two to three years it's probably gonna be Harris that you're keeping. I'm cutting Saquon though. In yeah, a, y'all dynasty, gonna, in y'all a gonna, dynasty, you're keeping Najee. And y'all are gonna in a dynasty, you're keeping Najee. But I'm keeping Eckler, trading Saquon, cutting Bark. I mean, no, I cutting Harris. And coming in at number eight, we have Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I'm not gonna go ahead. Like as I always say, I'm not gonna drag this on, but I'm. He's the guy that we really debate a lot. Um, we all love him. That's not the question. It's just about at what point are you willing to take him and do you feel like you're reaching for him in terms of where you're getting him? So Brandon has the best pick to decide this. Really, I have the best pick, so I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna talk about myself. So Brandon, would you reach for Eckler at six? I probably have the best chance of feeling like I'm not reaching and I'm still getting the guy I want, but Brandon's probably close to me to feel like maybe he's reaching and maybe he's not. No, I'm definitely not reaching for Eckler six. I mean, I find there's just a, a lot more guys who are a little bit more proven who are ahead of him. Like, I would rather go with the Zeeks or Aaron Joneses and probably even Nick Chubb as well before I draft Eckler. I mean, obviously, in context, again, I have the number three pick, so Eckler will not find his way back to me. If he does, the league needs to be fired, and we need to find um, seven more people. So if you're interested, feel free to reach out if that happens. Um, we need to start but, a listener league when we get to that point. For real, yeah. But I mean, I like Austin Eckler. I think that he's a really good PPR player, even half PPR standard. I think you're kind of 
you highly have to lower expectations. Instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, his ADP right now in a half point PVR is 14, which I think is pretty close to where we have him. If you think about it, we have him at number eight running back. Um, and we have, I mean, we probably have him at 12 then if we were doing our own ADP because we have, are you taking digs before him? Is this half point or ho- okay? I answer myself. Half point. Half point. What I mean, you're, my... I don't know, but Adams. I we can agree that Adams, Hill, and Kelsey are going before him, right? Good. And I think Man. it's a toss up. It depends who what pick you have. But if you have a running back with your first pick and Eckler falls to you in the second round, and all three of them are sitting there still, we know who Joe's picking. He's picking Kelsey. But Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, if Kelsey isn't there, are you drafting him before Eckler if you drafted Nick Chubb in the first round? If we're talking a 10-man, I'll probably pick Eckler. If it's a 12-man, I'll take Diggs. If it was a 10-man, I would take Eckler. If it was a 12-man, I would take Kelsey with no hesitation. Are you saying Kelsey's there? Too? Oh, yeah, I'll probably take Kelsey, man. Yeah, my bad. I, I, I will keep saying this. I, get, I do not care if you listen to our podcast as in terms – I do care if you listen, but I mean as in I don't care if you get tired of me saying this. Kelsey over Diggs and full PPR every day of the week. Sue me if you want, but I'm taking yeah, Kelsey every time. The Eckler thing, I don't have a lot to say about it, especially because I think he's half point PPR and PPR. He's going to be good for you. Um, they're projecting Fantasy Pros is projecting him at 80 receptions this year. Um, and full point PPR, I might have Eckler top six. Maybe I'm over. Yeah, I mean, they're projecting 700 receiving yards from him, kind of like. I mean, I you're guess. never gonna get a thousand rushing yards. It's, it's not gonna happen. So look, he, he's he's a broke he's there. a broke man, Christian McCaffrey. If we're being honest, yeah, I'm, I'm saying, looking. At, am I wrong for saying his stats are more similar to Kamara's? Yeah, he's a broke Kamara. I mean, I'm about to say yeah. I can trust McCaffrey a thousand rushing yards. I'm not saying I can't trust Kamara, but I'm not going to the season saying, "Yeah, Kamara's gonna have 1,100 yards." I'm never saying that. Like, yeah, but I know I know Kamara would definitely probably have 800 800. That's probably what I'm like. I know that's very possible every year. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his 2019 season. I mean, his 2019 breakout season, he was only seven yards shy of 1,000 yards, uh, had eight receiving touchdowns, had averaged 11 yards of reception. So he's basically a receiver coming out of the backfield. I guess he had a question. He had 108 targets in 2019. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the thing is, you would think the Chargers have no receivers, but Mike Williams went on the field as a – very pretty good NFL receiver. Keenan Allen is an awesome receiver, without a doubt, top 10, maybe top five in the league, depending on what you value at receiver and how you look at that. Yeah. So it's not just like he's getting the targets because no offense to Kamara, but it's not like it's just Michael Thomas and Trey Quan Smith. I'm just spreading you, Trey Quan Smith. Yeah, and looking at 2019, he's doing that as a backup of Melvin Gordon, which makes no sense because, like, it is important to say Melvin Gordon did miss the first four games of the season due to a holdout, but Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon played every single game after that, so he was doing that as a backup. I'll say this. I want all the extra stocks I can get if I'm in half-point PPR, whole-point PPR. I'll, I'll take all stocks I can get. Um, if you take him as your first running back, I don't think it's a bad pick. I just think you may be disappointed if he doesn't finish top eight. I don't see him finishing outside the top. I think his floor, like at the minimum, is top 15. Like there's, I just don't see him finishing on top 15. But the ceiling – I don't know about you guys. You can give me your response after this. I think Edgar could be top five or six. Like, I, I think that's too. really possible. Yeah, I, I agree with the ceiling, but I see would think his floor might be top ten, in my opinion. 
I just think the top 10 is capped a little bit because, like, there's no rushing. I'm not going to say there's no rushing, but it's not really any. We're going to go ahead and get into our next guy and come in at number seven. Playing fantasy, this is probably my seventh year now. Seventh year now. This might be the most disrespected running back I've ever ranked or watched every year. And that'll be Aaron Jones from the Green Bay Packers. I, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. I'll say this now. Give me all the Aaron Jones in my league. Like, that's one guy I'll take first round. Like, if I have to, like, please give me all the Aaron Jones. I prefer Zeke, but if Zeke's not there and Nick Chubb is not there, yeah, just go ahead and give me Aaron Jones. I'm Like, he finished number two and then number five. 2019, number two, and 2020, number five. And he's being drafted as if, Tilly, can you pull up that for me? Can you pull up the ADP for me? Where he's being drafted yeah. at? Yeah, give him a second. Um. So, yeah, it's just like – I could be wrong, but it feels like he's being drafted as like the tenth running back every year. Like I, I just don't get it. Like it makes no sense to me. Um, in half point, he's going eleventh. Consensus, cannot running back, but consensus overall eleventh pick, running back ninth. That's too low for me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm like, and maybe I feel like at worst case, that's his floor. His floor, I can't see him finishing outside the top ten. At this point, like last year, I was very skeptical. Because they, they all heard me say, and we talk a lot in our fantasy before we started the podcast, I was like, there's no way he gets 20 touchdowns. Okay, even without 20 touchdowns, he finished top five. So at this point, I'm not going to deny the talent. I'm going to deny the opportunity. As Tilly liked this a lot, Jamal Williams is gone, so he gets a lot more passing work. So it just depends on how you view Aaron Jones, but I don't see how he's not a, a very good RB1 to start off your draft with. Yeah, I agree. Like he said, I'm a big fan of the Jamal Williams exit because I think that he's going to get a lot more work in the receiving game. Um, it's not even that I think it's the truth. He's going to get a lot more work in the receiving game. Um, my thing with him is I think that in contrast to Jamal Williams leaving, A.J. Dillon is a guy that's going to get work and find the end zone, I think. So I think that A.J. Dillon will score more touchdowns than Jamal Williams did but Aaron Jones will have more receiving yards because of that exit. Um, I had Aaron Jones last year, started him every single week I could. Um, to give you a little perspective on kind of how we all, I think we agree we all draft, we're taking our top, I guess, top eight, top seven or eight running backs before we even think about taking a wide receiver. Um, but that's just us. So, I mean, like he said, I think Aaron Jones is a first-round value. Um, Buick can agree with me. I think that we're probably taking Eckler and under before we take a wide receiver. Yeah, definitely. I just feel like running backs are so skimped this year and receivers are so deep that you just almost got to grab one of those top running backs if you can. But yeah, I mean, the way I feel about Aaron Jones, in my opinion, same as Joe, I feel like he just missed or disrespected in the league. I mean, I feel like last year he clearly solidified him himself as one of the top running backs in the league. And in my opinion, he should be discussed in the same conversation as like the Zeke's, Jonathan Taylor's, um, the Nick Chubbs. Um, and these are all guys who have higher ADPs than Aaron Jones. But out of those four guys, Aaron Jones has actually been better than them the last two years. Um, Aaron Jones finished RB2 in 2019, top five last year in 2020, like Joe said. I mean, what more does he have to do to get some respect? He just signed a four-year, forty-eight million contract last year with the running back. So, I mean, with the Packers. So, I mean, they're clearly committing to him as their franchise running back. So, I think we'll get more of the same thing we got from him last year. I just think he'll be a great running back. Take Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb. I've been Nick on the Chubb. Nick Chubb side lately. Gonna... What do you think, Joe? What's that? You, 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 AJ guy. I mean, 
I just feel like I told y'all my problem with Nick Chubb. If the pack, I mean the Packers. Oh God! If the Browns are up by fourteen or like let's say fourteen, seventeen going into the fourth quarter, Nick Chubb is probably maybe I'm absolutely wrong, but I feel like he's probably getting pulled. Like there's no way you're just gonna constantly keep running him, especially after what happened last year. You're just going to put Kareem Hunt in and just let it ride. My thing with Aaron Jones is. Even if they're about 14 to 17, Dylan will get some carries, but they're not just going to take Aaron Jones out. That's just that may or may not bring us into our next person. We all love us, the next person. Um, I think that's an answer to my question. You're not taking the Chubb? I probably would take Chubb. It's, I just feel like I'm getting tired of not taking Aaron Jones, and he always does it, like, the last two years. It, like, it just makes me upset. Like, Nick Chubb finished top 10. And he only he missed a lot of my, and he missed he missed oh god he missed a lot of games, but I don't know yeah I'll probably take Chubb, but uh yeah head into our next guy number six um that'd be Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns, and a half point PPR or any PPR league is his upside to me is somewhat capped unless he has like those Henry type seasons you're probably not going to get a top five guy but he's not going as a top five guy in most drafts I'll say he's probably going as like the number six seven or eight running back. So it kind of just depends on where you feel like you're getting a value or as if, like, you want a guy that you feel like going to have no receiving upside. That's just how I look at it. Yeah. I mean, I think that he – I don't think it might be an opinion, but he is the best backup in the NFL. Um, Kareem Hunt is the best number two running back in the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, he could be starting a lot of places. Something that I was actually thinking about, um, I'm not going to say too much about him because his stats speak for himself. Last year, what he did, 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns while only playing in 12 games. Um, but do you think it's possible for someone to have Chubb and use Kareem Hunt in their flex? And do you think that you need to handcuff Kareem Hunt just in case? Are you saying, like, on the same team with the flex? Yes, team? yes. There's absolutely no way I would do that. There's no way. Like, I feel like you're capping your upside. If you have Hunt yeah. as your flex, and again, um, I don't have it up on my computer, but do you know what Hunt's ADP is, or can you look that? From it, it honestly doesn't matter to me. I already know. I already know in the back of my head, like Cream Hunt's ADP is gonna be way too high for me to just have to. I'm pretty sure he's right going there. like in the back of the fifth. I want to say. God, no, no, ignore the question. How many times no. have y'all picked Cream Hunt this? Forty seventh and a half. Forty seventh and a half. I mean, if he drops low enough for me to grab him, yeah, I'll grab him. But like. The other guys that's on the board around the cream hunt time, I'd rather have those other guys. In other words, to be respectful, if I go to RB, I'm not picking Kareem Hunt. Like I would a two or three RB, I would prefer to have I don't know the guys going his range, but I want to say Cooper Cup. Um Yeah, the Thielens. Yeah, yeah Thielen, like, Deontay Johnson. I do have my worry about Thielen, but I'll get into that another time. Would you rather have Kareem Hunt though? I think if you have Chubb, you want Thielen, but if you have don't have Chubb, you want cream hunt in the flex hmm? do you i've if you i mean shout out the footballers <laughs> i listened to them yesterday and they're talking about the adam thielen downfall they're talking about yeah. some stat he's over 30 years old and the amount of i forget what it was but there was something about guys that were over the age of 30 and the amount of work they get just significantly declines and that's yeah. what to the episode today just listen to the episode today like only like four guys are finished in a certain range at over 30. And I don't care what you say. If Adam Thielen only gives you eight touchdowns, 
you're going to be sick. You're going to be sick. I'm going to be honest. Like, Miranda, maybe you feel differently, but he's not going to produce. I'm saying if Kareem Hunt has touchdown regression, you're going to be sick too. That's how moral I feel. The right. don't, moral of the story is don't get either of them. Yes, that's pretty much <laughs> where we're going with that. Don't oh, God. But um, I'm going to go ahead and get into our number five guy. And we're all looking for him to have a big bounce back season. It'll be Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys. We all love us some Zeke. So, that boy you know, got skinny. Yeah. He got, he got the yeah, quick feet. He's grinding. See, like I said, that's why I don't like looking at the videos in the offseason because all they do is gas it. You got to. And I'm telling – I told these two guys the same thing. When hard knocks comes out, every single oh, yeah. Cowboys ADP is going to rise. I promise you. It never fails. Every single even, Cowboys ADP even is going to rise. If CD Lamb goes any higher – if CD Lamb goes any higher, I'm serious. I, I don't want him. But like, yeah, I, I, I just don't want him. If he goes I any mean, higher than where he's at, Zeke is a guy that I actually love. We know this. I'm I, with my pick in some mocks. I've been taking him, and that should tell you how much I like him. Um, in reference, Tilly is taking him at number three. To, um, I don't know. I think that he, I think he could finish as a top three back because of the easy schedule that the Cowboys have and the. Um, I know they said they're going to get Tony Pollard more involved, but I think that Zeke will have a bounce back year from last year. I like watching the videos. I'm different than Joe. If he's skinnier, he's skinnier. He's not going to gain 50 pounds by the time the season starts. He's going to be slipping through them holes, um, find his way into the end zone, I think, a little easier than he did last year. But that's all I got to say about it. I'm higher on him than I am Chubb. But that's just I just, me. I just feel like it's a not a trick, but like, when you're watching off-season videos, it's just like, well, I'm only going to see the good things. I'm not going to see you tripping over a cone. Like, like I'm just saying, like, I'm only going to see what you do good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited for Zeke this year. I mean, he's a guy who you kind of expect him to get around the, like, 1,400-yard um, category. Um, he's definitely going to be on a very explosive offense next year. I honestly think they're going to have the best offense in their division, which may not really mean much, but – I fight it's just going to be a high-scoring offense. Um, they're always going to be on the goal line, and that's where I feel like Zeke is going to uh, thrive. He has lacked in touchdowns recently, but I think he definitely has a lot of upside for touchdowns this year. Um, I, I have been doing that debate between him and Chubb. I do love the fact that Zeke is so involved in the pass game as well. But, yeah, he should definitely have a great season this year, very favorable schedule, and they're going to be scoring a lot of points. So, Zeke or Chubb? No, no explanation. If I was drafting today, I'd probably take Z. But and I've been, I've been hype on, I've been hype on Chubb lately, man. Okay, so we're going to get to our number four running back, and that'll be Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints. Um, I'll kind of just let these guys take it from here. Obviously, he's going to be dependent on more than he usually is, and he pretty much will be at least 80 percent of the offense. So yeah, I don't. I'm gonna say I'm out on Kamara or Kamara. I'm sorry, I don't know how you sometimes people know the different ways. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Let's, I'm not glad I'm, I'm glad I'm not picking where Tilly's picking because I don't want to be in that headache situation. Yeah, I mean it's not a headache for me. We ranked him where we ranked him because I'm not gonna have to worry about it. Um him and the next couple of guys, I don't think we're gonna have too much to say because their work speaks for themselves. The one thing about Kamara though is obviously the reliance of him in the offense this year. Um, teams are going to stack the box. He's still going to be a threat in the receiving game. Um, but I am a little concerned and hesitant to pick him because of we know that he doesn't have the same rushing upside as a guy like McCaffrey. Um, and 
I just think that he's going to be so reliant on catching the ball out of the backfield that teams are going to be able to stop that more so than they could if Michael Thomas was on the field because you have Kamara as the number one. I mean, he's honestly the number one pass catcher in the offense now. And but other than that, I mean, where we have him is because of half point PPR and PPR. He's going to get receptions this year and he's going to find the end zone again. It's just, like I said, the rushing um, concerns for me is why I personally at my pick three won't be taking him. Sorry, if you're in my league, you know, I'm not taking him at three. Yeah, I'm totally just in love with the Kamara talent. I mean, he just does it on a yearly basis. It will be interesting to see what happens this year. I mean, they are making a a, a huge quarterback switch. We still don't know if they're going to be starting Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Their receiver options are terrible after the Mike Thomas injury. I mean, they picked up Chris Hogan, which I feel like they were just really hitting the panic button right there with that one. I mean, I don't really – I'm worried about that. Um, so they definitely are going to um, utilize the rushing attack a lot more, like Tilly mentioned. Um, I am a little fearful because Kamar is a little fragile at times. Like, they really don't like to give him a, a major workload. They did pick up um, Devontae Freeman, uh, I think either – this past week or the, the week before. So I have a question for you guys. Are you guys worried at all about the signing of Devontae Freeman? Um, and why do you feel like they, they picked up Devontae Freeman? No, I'm not worried. I just think it's a depth thing um, because of how reliant Kamara is going to be on or how reliant they're going to be on Kamara, Kamara, however you say it. But I mean, I think that they picked him up just uh, honestly to see what he can do. I mean, when he was with the, God, who I don't even remember who he was with last. Was the Giants? I think it was the Giants. But when he was with the Falcons, he was a decent running back. So why not take a shot in the dark? But that's just my opinion. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I mean, I think he's more of an insurance policy. So I'm not really too worried about. I don't think Freeman's better than Kamara or Latavius. So yeah. Confident. So you guys worried at all that Kamara may get hurt next year? Not even trying to like wish down anybody, but are you guys fearful of that at all? No. I'm fearful but I'm, of that. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm fearful that he's going to be playing so much that he's going to be gassed. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I'm just fearful that the workload is going to increase so much to the point where it's like he's the number one receiver and the number one running back. So it's kind yeah. of scary. <laughs> um, coming in number three, it'd be Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's much to say. I'll just let these guys say whatever they have to say. But um, yeah, if, if you watch football, yeah, you, you, know, you know the man. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I have nothing to say about the top three because their work speaks for themselves. So if you, if you have any questions, you can ask them, but I have nothing to say about them. I think that they're ranked where they are because they deserve it. Yeah. I mean, Derek Henry, two-time rushing champ, 2,000 yards last year. They did at Julio. I'm really excited for the offense. I think the floodgates are going to open wide up, and he's going to have another great season. In terms – okay, well, Tilly's the closest, so he can decide what he's doing. Are you taking Kamara or Henry? Taking Henry. Henry, easy. Easy? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm not going to get into it too much. Um, Coming in at number two, pretty sure the obvious answer for you guys. Um, We have Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings. And I don't really think there's much to be said about this guy. Um, He's just special talent, man. just really a great player when you just watch him on film. Like, he easily beat the best running back in the entire NFL. Yeah, I got nothing to say again. His <laughs> stats back it up. I think that him and the next guy are the two best running backs for fantasy purposes and in the NFL right now. Obviously, Derrick Henry's up there because of how good he is rushing. 
but Derrick Henry doesn't have the receiving upside for fantasy purposes. I'm about to say the thing yeah. that scares me is I don't I can't remember maybe has Dalvin Cook ever played 16 games? Um, I don't think so. I, I'm not sure, and I feel like that's the only issue that people really have with him is the fact that he does seem to get banged up every single year. But, yeah, when he's on the field, I mean, we were talking about it before this episode. He, he honestly just looks like a Madden player. He's just faster than everybody. He can do anybody he wants to, and he's just an excellent running back. He finally was able to stay healthy for a majority of the season last year, and you saw what he did. So as long as he's healthy, he should be top three easy. This is one guy I always say, you absolutely have to have Alexander Madison if you draft Dalvin Cook. It's literally just not an option for me anyway. Like last year, I remember Brandon had Dalvin Cook. I only got to use Alexander Madison for two weeks, but those two weeks were definitely worth it, in my opinion. Like, I just, I just think Alexander Madison is also one of those guys that doesn't get talked about enough as one of the most valuable handcuffs in fantasy. But, um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure you all know it's, it's not like a mystery who we're going to have at number one. Um, that would be Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers. He was hurt last year, but um, just to say my little part, to sum it up, the games that he was on the field, there was there was no better there was nobody better than him. It, to me, it just wasn't even close. There was there was nobody better than him in fantasy football when he was actually playing. And I know it wasn't a lot of games, but I'm still willing to take the number one pick on Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if you guys are. Yeah, I'm taking McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm definitely taking McCaffrey. He's just his usage is just insane. He's literally an RB one and a wide receiver one on the field at the same time, and he just puts up the touchdown. So he really has no weakness. I mean, as long as he's healthy. He should accumulate the most points. I mean, the most yards in the league, total yards. And as long as he can put put the touchdowns together like he did in 2019, he should be the number one running back, no problem. So does it scare anybody at all with McCaffrey's, like, injuries? I know it was the first-time thing last year, but does it scare no. you at all? His value is too – he has way too insane of value for you to be worried. Yeah, it doesn't really worry me at all this year. And on top – it's not like Saquon where it's like – the coaches are worried at all. No one's really saying anything. He's on a regular schedule right now, so he should be good to go. Like I said, um, I'm going to go ahead and kind of head out on that note. And um, that's just where we have our top 12. Hopefully this helps you guys a lot because I feel like a lot of the guys that we just discussed will be majority of first-round picks. Um, probably one through seven, one through eight, or probably be like majority first-round picks. So, uh, yeah, unless you guys have anything else or – Who's your, as always, who's your dark horse to finish top 12? Gibson. Um, ah, dang, that was mine. I was going to say Gibson, too. That's fine. Gibson. It could be all of ours. Pick something all... else. Pick something else. Give people variety. Something else? Okay. Um, you said top 12? I'll go Chris Carson. Excuse me? Chris Carson? Okay. I heard you. I heard you, though. Um, I'll pick mine. I'm going to pick a real dark horse. And if you heard the last episode, Tilly can hate on me. DeAndre Swift. Uh, well, I was about to say, I, I, was looking at the, I was looking at our rankings. I was like, oh, what about Swift? Though? DeAndre Swift. That's, that's the one I was <laughs> But, um, yeah, thank you all for tuning in today. Me, Tilly, and Brandon, like we said, this is probably the most important episode in terms of rankings to help you guys re- feel like who you should draft and where you probably should draft them and not, like, overreach. But, um, yeah, I'm going to head on out. Um, You guys can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at podcast EGS. And again, that's podcast EGS. So, um, okay, yeah. I mean, this is last of the ranking episode. So, like I said, um, we haven't decided exactly the next episode to be, but it'll be something different. We finally are done with the rankings, finally. And we can get into something um a little more enjoyable. Mm-hmm.